They're doing a mud run this week. I guess that's a marathon cross country, up a hill, through a ditch, climb a tree, swim a lake. Well, for those of us that are older, we're gonna be doing a mail run this week. We're gonna go to the mailbox and back. We'll be raising funds. I'm just playing. Genesis chapter 12, turn in your Bibles with me. Genesis 12, verse one. Genesis 12, verse one. Have I told y'all lately how much I love what I do here with you guys? I just love my job. I love my calling and um, I've been in church a long time and a lot of my peers can't say that. And then some of them say it and don't mean it, but I really do. I, I look forward to my work week. I greatly anticipate Sunday. You know, it, it's hard sometimes because getting prepared for Sunday morning, it's like writing a term paper every week, you know, and then you have your half a term paper on Wednesday and Sundays come around with amazing regularity and you have to do those. But outside of that, I just, I want it to be in your hearing and it's not stuff I put in my notes, but I want you to know how your pastor feels and what he tells his wife and his family. You're a joy to pastor and it's been a great, great experience for me and I just love this house and I just wanted to tell you. Start crying. Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. It sounds like I'm telling you I was leaving. I said all that and then I talk about this text, but I'm not going nowhere. So, okay. Genesis 12, 1. The Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country and from your kindred. And from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. My daughter, one of my daughters this week made the statement and it triggered something that has been on my desk for probably a month preparing to share with you. And I said, this is the Sunday. She said, everybody I know is in transition. Everybody I know is in transition. Now, I would like to elaborate. Some are small transitions. Some are large transitions. Some are dramatic transitions, but they are closing one chapter and beginning a new one. They are not where they once were and they're not where they want to be. A transition, uh, a space between two primary realities. And God told Abram in his walk with him, and it's a rule of first beginnings at a first mention of something like this in the Bible, there's pregnant truth there. He said, now get out of the land of your familiarity, the land of your comfort, the land of what you've known and go to a land and I'll show you later when you get there. Okay. Think with me, get out of your country. Which way do you go? Do I go out of my tent left, right? Do I go backwards or forward? And God's pretty much saying, well, it don't matter which way you start, I'm going to get you there. But there's going to be a transition. There's going to be an in-between place. Transition relocates you. I just read the text to you. Get out of where you are and go to a land that I'll show you. 
Transition matures you. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I came a man, I put away childish things. In the same way, a child transitions into adolescence. And an adolescent transitions into adulthood. And a boy becomes a man and a daughter becomes a woman. In your spiritual life, there are gaps that look like you're not going anywhere but it is a connector between who you once were and who you're becoming. Where you once lived and where God wants you to live. How you once lived and how God wants you to live. And I want to focus today not on the destination and not on where we originated our journey, but the transition itself. Transitions mature you. You don't mature in the place. You mature in the transition. You don't relocate at the place, you relocate in the transition. And transition changes you. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, but we all, not some of us, but all of us, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of God. Your greatest changes did not happen where you were. Your greatest changes happen in transit. Something happens from glory to glory. So look, glory to that period. When I walked out of my home as a child and I walked into being independent as a man, something happened to me on the road that didn't happen in my mama's house and it didn't happen in my first apartment. Some of you are very frustrated this morning. You're in between. You're in between sickness and wholeness. You're in between loneliness and great relationships. You're in between lack and prosperity. And by the time you leave today, I pray that you see that the greatest thing God could have given you was transition. Any man that drives a car knows that you can't just change gears going down the interstate. You have to have a clutch that gives you a transition, a neutral, so you can change gears to go into a lower gear or a higher gear. On an ocean liner, you just don't spin it around on a dime. You transition it slowly. But we want God to do some Star Trek in our life and You young kids don't know what Star Trek is or you might have saw it on Cartoon Network or something. But they had this thing where they could beam you up somewhere or beam you down. You stood on a little cylinder and Scotty was at the helm and he said, whoop. And every subatomic nuclear part of your body turned into some kind of static and then you landed on the planet. Of course, if you were an extra on Star Trek, you were half in a rock and half out of a rock, and that was bad. But we want God to beam us to the next place. And I'm laboring my introduction so you'll get it. If God did that, it would be evidence that he did not love you because you need the gap between to get ready for his best. I wanna speak to you this morning for just a few moments on the subject of the beauty of transition. And may that word not roll off our tongue ever again like this. Oh, girl, I'm just in transition now. But you'll say, you know, 
I'm right in the place where God's getting, remet, getting me ready for his best. Let's pray together. And if that's you, I want you to put a hand on your heart or a hand on your word and say, I'm listening, Lord. Father, I thank you this morning for this opportunity you've given me to declare forth your word, your truth. And today, oh Lord, it's kind of like a counseling session in the pastor's office. Would you allow me to be an under shepherd today for the great shepherd? Allow me to communicate wisdom and experiences I've had and knowledge based on your word of how you lead and guide us. And may we leave not despising transition, but glorying in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Transition has a way of prioritizing in your life what is important. Transition has a way of eliminating the unnecessary. When you're in transition, you'll find that you just lighten your load. You say, I don't need that no more. It's a way of decluttering and getting rid of stuff. When you're getting ready to move, you'll break down and have a garage sale. In transition, you say, I don't need that. I'm not carrying that. I was talking to a friend this week who just moved. And I always say, you know, every time we move, I go, that's it. We dying in this house. We ain't never moving again. And he said, oh, I'm not saying I'm not moving. I just ain't taking none of this with me. Me, my wife, the cat, that's it. <laughs> the rest of it, we'll buy it when we get there. Well, spiritually speaking, when you transition, the older you get, you realize, I don't need that no more. Because if God is preparing a place for me, why am I carrying all my old stuff anyway? I could quit right there. I done preached already. <laughs> transition has a way of bringing clarity. In that gap between, you come to an acute realization of who you are, what you believe, what you want to do, and where you want to arrive. It has a way of purifying your motives. And transition is generally a narrow, specific, unmistakable, and isolated pathway. And God keeps it narrow so you cannot miss his will. Thank you, Lord, for making my path so constricting that if I went to the left, this may be reminiscent Sunday. Y'all remember the game Operation? Give you a stroke. You're holding that little metal piece, reaching in and, ah! oh my goodness. <laughs> Y'all remember Operation? We had real games. And then you had some neighborhood kid that could amp it up with a big lantern battery and send you out into the backyard. We didn't have video games. We made our own fun, didn't we? You ever felt like your life was operation and you walking like this? Lord, I just wonder if, ah, oh, great day. I'm glad today. Hey, I can laugh about it because I'm 26 years in. He loved me enough to make it narrow so I couldn't miss it. We look for broad pastures. God doesn't give you broad pastures in transition. Transition leads to the broad pasture. And some of you feel constricted and frustrated and isolated. That's what birth canals do. They're narrow enough that your exit is perfect. Narrow enough that your exit would be perfect. What is transition? I'm glad you asked. It's the time and space required to transport you from one place to another. It's the time, write it down, and space required, not suggested, to transport you from one place to another. 
It's the time and space required to form something within you and to bring something out of you. It's the time and space that God gives you to prepare. It is not your responsibility to prepare yourself or it is your responsibility to prepare yourself for the place. It is God's responsibility to prepare the place for you. And some of you are frustrated today because you're always trying to prepare the destination and get it ready. All you got to do is prepare yourself. We try to prepare the blessing in our life instead of preparing ourselves to be ready for the blessing. God didn't ask me to create a blessed life. He asked me to follow him. And if I follow him through transition, I'll I'll find myself in his very best. It, it, It isn't an issue of God, will you bless me? The issue is, Are you capable of being blessed? Are you prepared to be blessed? Have you made room for God's best to fill your life and it not wreck you? And it not kill you? Our issue is not enough, is not one of God being willing. It's an issue of us being not prepared. Transition gives you time to get ready. Preparing for the next place, the next thing the next chapter, the next unknown. You prepare yourself by expanding your capacity, by strengthening your foundations, and you're continuing towards your destination. You prepare yourself by surrounding yourself with people of like faith, encouragers, and supporters. Sometimes God gives the destination first, and then the transition follows. Other times he sends the transition first and gives the destination later. I want to say that again. Sometimes he tells us, you're going to Chicago. And then the transition follows. Other times he tells Abram, he says, come on, we're going. Where are we going? I'll tell you when we get there. But either way, the transition is critical. It's critical. God doesn't do magic in your life. For every great change, there's a transition. There's a yearning for children before we're pregnant. Once there's pregnant, there's a nine-month transition. Get your house ready. Get your heart ready. Stock up on sleep. Save your money. Change your friends. Change your hours. I'm a night owl. Tell me how that works for you. Get ready. Nine months. Get ready. Get ready. So first the natural, then the spiritual. So if God requires nine months of transition before the new life comes, why would you think it's strange that he'd require six months, eight months, nine months for new spiritual life to be formed in you? And when you're pregnant with something, with something God's deposited in you, you're gonna change your habits, your eating habits. No, girl, we're not going roller derby in this week. I'm pregnant. I can't do that no more. That, yeah, we scheduled to jump out of that plane. I can't do that this week. Why? Because something more important than exhilaration is happening in my life now. And I want to make sure that I'm getting ready. Transition. Number two. Transition can be generally divided into four categories. Waving, walking, waiting, and working. Waving, walking, waiting, and working. You can't have a new day without a transition. 
And you can't have a transition without having a goodbye. A goodbye to someone, a goodbye to something, and a goodbye to someplace. Many of us are stuck. We are stuck because we will not let go of what God gave us or did for us yesterday so that we can have empty hands to embrace what he wants for us tomorrow. Like little kids. I like my old friends. Yeah, but you'll like this new school. No, I won't. You're ruining my life. You're seven years old, catfish. You'll be all right. I don't know why you hate me so. And they get to the other school. Dad, this is the greatest school ever. And we laugh at them. We laugh at the children in the natural realm. And God laughs at children in the spiritual realm. He said, you think I'm so chintzy that you have to hold on to everything and everyone. I couldn't replace a relationship. I couldn't replace a job. I couldn't replace a passion. I couldn't replace a hobby. So yeah, you better be careful because you know how cheap I am with you. And I'd mislead you. You know how I'm leaving some information out trying to dupe you. I've not been in the bush in Africa yet. Oh, and by the way, uh, Lord willing, I will be going in fall of this year to Kenya to spend two weeks preaching about 30 times. So y'all pray for me. God willing, I'll be there. Yes, I'm excited. But they tell me that one of the ways they bait the monkeys is they put a huge, I don't know what you call them, big long thing of bananas in there. And the trap is so that you can barely get your hand in. And when they grab this whole, what do you call it? A bunch? A whole bunch of bananas. <laughs> they grab a bunch of them, not just a few of them. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> That's Billy Bob, you know. Hand me my Bible, I can't reach it. Hand me that. When they grab a bunch of the bananas, they can't get it through the thin pieces of wood and the people would just walk up and grab the monkey. That's how they trap them. No bear claws, no swooping net. Just, I won't let go of this, and it kills them. Now, I'm using humor to give you some pretty pertinent, life-saving information. Some of you are snared today because you won't let go of high school, you won't let go of college, you won't let go of who you were when you were young and you won't, you won't let go of the few little possessions you have because you don't trust the Lord enough and the banana in hand means more to you than a God that'll provide for you. That is good. Tell them, Kylie, what am I gonna do? Buy my own CD is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> so in transition, this is not arrogance. This is not saying you're better than anybody. How you know you're effectively navigating transition is you're waving to someone or something. It don't mean I'm offended with you and it doesn't mean I don't appreciate you, but I gotta move on. John, I don't, I don't like you like I did in 95. You've changed. Well, yeah. If you're living and growing and maturing, you're changing. My life was wonderful in 95, but I know more today. I'm stronger today. I'm better today. I got some clue today. And I'm not cussing the bananas back then, but I had to tell some people goodbye. 
I had to tell some ideas goodbye, some goals goodbye. And you can't have a transition without a wave. Number two, walking. Once you wave, it's not enough to wave. Some of y'all been waving for two years. I see y'all. I see y'all. I'm going. I'm going on with the Lord, pressing on toward the mark of the prize of the high call. Me and God, move, move. Before long, after a little bit of waving, put your hand down and walk. The distance between who you were and who you're becoming expedites the process. I got to walk. I can tell your future by the direction you're walking. You get on 75 North and just start walking. You will be in Atlanta. You may not think you're gaining a lot of time, but if you keep walking, you will be in, you'll be in Atlanta. So there has to be a wave. There has to be a walk. There has to be a waiting because once you start walking, it's fun the first mile. And there's no whiter flame in the maturation process of you as a Christian than waiting on God. What's the next place? What's going to happen? Who's the one you have for me, Lord? What's the next opportunity for ministry? Lord, what do you have for me? Did you wave? I waved goodbye. I left it all. I burnt the plow. Are you walking? Yes. Then wait. When GPSs first came out, they talked more to you than they do now. Now they're more accurate because when they first come out, they take you to Zimbabwe just as easily as McDonough, you know. But when you, when you first, first came out, it would say like you're going to Florida, it would say, go 189 miles on 75 south. And that's discouraging to hear that lump sum, you know. You're just driving, you're driving, you, uh, a Cordial, yeah, yeah, driving. And they've had orange cones in the street for 42 years on 75. They're still there. That's the first thing Jesus is going to do when he comes is fix 75. <laughs> fix. <laughs> Dad's going to be, hmm, fix it. I mean, when you put in the contract, did you say in 60 years we'll have it done? Fix the road, man. Anyway, that, just edit that out of the sermon. Okay. I just feel funny today. I don't know what it is. But you, you know, you go past Cordill and you're coming up on the King Frog exit and you're coming on Adel and it ain't said nothing to you in two hours. And my first GPS, you could punch it to get it to talk to you. And it'd say, stay on the same course. Well, okay. You could punch it two minutes later. Stay on the same course. Now, if I was the programmer of it, I'd say, are you an idiot? Stay on the same course. And some of you are in that place. You're wondering if you ever heard from the Lord. You told me that you were going to give me somebody to share my life with. Stay on the same course. Did you wave goodbye to all those other prospects that were not spirit-filled and didn't love the Lord? Yes. Did you walk out of your old lifestyle and into a community of believers which narrowed the dating pool? Yes. Yes. And I've been walking a long time. Stay on the same course. Wait. And then finally, work. Are you the person that you're hoping to find? Are you the employee that you're hoping would work for you? Work. It takes work to get ready. The maternity process is very uncomfortable. To do it right, it's very uncomfortable. It's very restrictive. It takes over. I'm asking you a question. Are you wanting God to make all things new? But are you doing your part? Are you prepared 
I want a better job. I ain't going to school. I ain't go, I'm, not, I'm not going to technical school. I, I want to be a doctor. Are you ready for 16 years of school? Oh, no, I just want to be a doctor. Oh, Lord, give me a new job. And what kind of job are you ready for? Oh, I ain't done nothing. I just want a better one. God doesn't do magic. Wave, walk, wait, and work. Listen, you miss one of those steps, you'll never get there. You miss one of those steps and you'll never get there. Why is transition necessary? Because you cannot stay where you are and go to where you need to be. Because you cannot be who you were yesterday and be who you're going to be tomorrow. Because God does not want to bring you into something too fast or before it's time. It's not wise to change directions quickly or change gears too quickly. If you allow it to be, transition can be a genuine place of rest and refreshing. I want you to gear back and really soak this in. If you allow it to be, transition instead of a place of cursing could be a place of your greatest blessing. If you allow it, it could be a season of true intimacy and spiritual formation in your life. If you allow it, it can give you time to heal. If you allow it, it can give your land time to rest, your mind time to gear down, your emotions time to settle down. If you allow transition, it could be the gift of God to you. Instead of pushing through transition, I ain't gonna do nine months of pregnancy, I'm gonna do three months. Do you see how silly that is? But we do it every day. I know what you're wanting to do in me, Lord, but this is taking too long and we're going to hurry it along. Let me tell you why transition is difficult. Because it is the evidence in your life that a chapter has ended. I alluded to it in waving goodbye, but there's a stark realization. For me to pioneer this church in 1995, I had to come off the evangelistic field. I would travel and preach. Back then, churches had revivals, scheduled spiritual emphasis meetings, Sunday to Wednesday, Sunday to Friday. But I had to stop doing that to pioneer this church. And some of you are struggling with this because transition means that one chapter is closed. You can't have a transition without a closed chapter. Do y'all remember when you went to college and you took your letter jacket you took your high school ring, your cheerleading shirt. You weren't there 48 hours. You go, oh, this ain't cool. This ain't cool at all. And that leather jacket and that class ring made out of Play-Doh that you paid $300 for. I, I mean, you wouldn't have sold it for three times what you paid for it. You're at college for two weeks. You go, you know, that don't really, I'm, I'm just, I don't like that so much no more. Because you can't do college if you're still in high school. You can't do single life, can't do married life if you're still single. And for those of us that went through the tragedy and trauma of divorce, you can't start over if you're still connected to the ghost of your past. And that's not a diss on anyone. It just means that for me to go this way, I got to close this chapter. And that is not arrogance. It's natural. 
And I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but that's for you. It's difficult because that means that chapter's closed, but it's also encouraging because it means a new chapter's opened. It's difficult because you cannot control the pace of transition because God is orchestrating your life and that's frustrating to us because I'll go into transition if I can control it, where it starts, where it finishes, how long it takes, the process. Has God ever checked with any of you on how this plays out? He just orders it. It's difficult because we cannot control the cost of it. It costs you to change. Transition will cost you emotionally, relationally, physically, spiritually even. It rearranges everything. You can't move without incurring cost. That person I told you that went to high school, oh, it's free to go to high school. No, it wasn't. Somebody else paid your bill. It wasn't free. But then you get to college and you sign a thing called a student loan. Listen to your pastor. Mediocrity costs nothing. Growth costs. And if you transition from where you are are to where you're going, it'll incur cost. Transition is difficult because we cannot control the opinions of others during it. You ever feel like people are looking on at your life and you're in upheaval and you just want to hang a sign around your neck, pardon my progress? You know? (laughs) You know, and they go, one of the things I tell our young pastors and those, our interns and new staff, I said, we don't have the luxury to wait until we're done before we start preaching. And so it is with transition. We, we want to be all the way done so that people will think we're great. And when Abram left, I don't think they were lined up at the street saying, you're a valiant man. So his family's out there. Okay, so tell it to us one more time. God told me to get out of the land and we're gonna go to some place I'll find later. You're an idiot. I know, I know. And he, he moved. See, you have to read the Bible, not just like the newspaper. He got his family, his donkeys, his camels, his sheep, his kids, their toys. And he left and he's at the city gate going, which way you think we ought to go? I don't know. And the people at the... If you are a slave to the opinion of other people, you'll never leave Ur. I can't control what you think about me. I just got to take this journey with God and believe that he'll get me there. If I leave, he'll get me there. If I wave, he'll get me there. If I wait, he'll get me there. If I work, he'll get me there. He's the author and the finisher of my faith. God will do it. Transition is difficult because it touches weak places. It highlights our insecurities. Because in every transition, you leave something, lose something, or bury something. Transition is difficult because it also is transitional. It's not permanent. Transitions are difficult because there's no other options or alternatives except to travel it. No one can do it for you. I mean, people can travel with you to some extent, but it does get so narrow that you have to make the path, the journey on your own. Transition is difficult because it has the potential to do great harm to you. Listen, transition has the potential to do great harm to you depending upon how you react to it. Depending upon how you react to it. I know people that didn't make it through transition. I know people that in transition aborted God's plan for their life. 
I know people that turned back and went back to their old life. And even more scary, I know people that in transition were not willing to prepare themselves and pay the cost and they wandered in circles all their Christian life and died. Jesus said, how often would I have gathered you together like a mother hen does its chicks, but you would not. Therefore, your house is left unto you desolate. These are people that waved goodbye to Egypt and never made it into Canaan. The wilderness was not the goal. It was the transition where God was getting them ready to prove what was in their heart so that they would sanctify the Lord fully in their heart and enter into a land that flowed with milk and honey and God was going to go before them and destroy all their enemies, but they died in transition. I wonder if there's anyone today, you're just walking in circles, walking in circles. When you lose your purpose, your Christian life becomes so boring. So let me get this right. Walking with you just means I don't do all the things I did before I got saved. Just the denial part. And will God feed you in the wilderness? Yes. Will God give you water in the wilderness? Yes. Do you ever have a home? No. Do you ever experience the joys of entering into cities that you didn't build? Do you ever see glory? No, just preservation glory. Just enough to get by. See, Egypt was not enough. The wilderness was just enough. And Canaan was more than enough. And I'm not preaching the prosperity gospel that you hear on television, but listen to your pastor. It is God's will for you to live in more than enough. In every area, in every area of your life. Transition is difficult because it has been planned by God, set in motion by God, and he has set the parameters. Let me give you this scripture, Psalms 37. The steps of a good man, a righteous man, are ordered of the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though that man fall, he shall not be cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. And the law of God is in his heart, and none of his steps shall slide. Steps, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Sometimes the steps lead downward. Not less, but they lead us to places of humility and places of abasement. Abasement, downward. But sometimes steps lead upward. Sometimes they ascend to places of higher glory, higher purpose, higher appreciation, higher value. But steps always lead to something. And don't let the devil trick you and say, you're just going nowhere. Or you're going down. God's done with you. God's angry with you. No, he may have something in the basement for me. Watch. He may have something in the basement for me that I need up in the penthouse. And they're ordered. The steps of a good man are suggested by the Lord. John, you pray about it. See what you think about those. Get back with me. I will. And after much thought, I've decided that I don't like those steps. Well, hey, John, your opinion's just as important as mine is. So you let me know how this works. We live that way. Ordered of the Lord. 
This morning, I tripped on these steps coming up here. I do about every two months. And almost without fail, I trip the mornings that I'm having the thought, don't trip on the steps. (laughs) I don't go all the way down. I catch myself because I got skills. I don't go all the way down. When I was young, I'd run up steps until wisdom is born. And you knock three or four of your front teeth out. That little kid still got the capacity. He just goes, "Uh uh-uh. Watch. There's nothing to gain in skipping steps. If I didn't need the third one, the guy that designed them wouldn't have put the third one in. Why are you trying to skip steps? Because I can. At what cost? It may work for you a couple times. You're going to need that step. You don't see old people running up steps. I'm middle-aged. I look for the rail. Where the rail at? All right. Can't you go? I ain't got no rails here. Won't nobody build me a rail here. Can't you go down them without a rail? Why would I go down them without a rail? Because once you fell and hurt yourself doing your own will, you don't want to miss one step. Because the purpose of the steps aren't to see how coordinated I am and see which ones I can miss. They're to get me to a place and they're to get me to another place. And I want you to see this in your notes this morning when you write it out. My steps are ordered, designed, intentional, and with great purpose. If our musician would come. The steps are non-negotiable. Stop trying to negotiate with God about the steps he has in your life. They're not to be skipped over, I told you. They're not to be hurried through. This is, this is I'm kind of summarizing now for you. Why hurry through the steps? Because I, I want to get there. No, no. You have destination disease. Once I get the person, then I'm great. Once I get the spouse, once I get the children, you're going to miss the glory of the steps. It was in the waiting That when I brought my little girls home, my heart exploded in direct correlation to the yearning, the longing, and the preparation. Thank God he didn't give them to me the day we were married. The transition got me ready. I thank him that I didn't have them in my 20s. I would have been a good provider, but not a good father. See, some of you were ready. You did good. I wouldn't have been ready. He had more steps for me. Because Isabel and Olivia deserved more than a 25-year-old John Wood. They needed a 50-year-old John Wood. The steps. We're hurrying through them and God goes, oh, don't miss step four. Your children will pay for it. Stop cursing your steps. Cursing the very provision of the architect to get you from where you are to where you need to be. These steps are no respecter of persons. I don't know who this is for this morning. When I wrote it, I knew it would be for someone specifically. You didn't start where everybody else started. You didn't have the family that believed in you like everybody else had. 
You may not have the mental capacity that someone else has. You may be socially awkward. You may feel insignificant or inferior or your insecurities are all around you. But let me tell you how gracious God is. The steps that work for the smart one also work for the one that is less educated. The steps that work for the person with no family, that has family, works the same with one with no family because God is no respecter of persons. And you want to go up with God, you go up. You want to go in with God, you go in. You want to rule with God, you rule. Because the same steps that work for you, work for you and work for you. They're no respecter of people. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land, the Bible said. If you willing and obedient, you'll eat the best of the land. Why should I embrace transition, John? You told me the practical side. Why should I embrace it and celebrate it with my emotions? Because how you view it will determine how you react to it. Someone needs to write that down. Because how you view it will determine how you react to it. When my wife Kelly will text me, she says, I'm cooking tonight. I'm not exaggerating. I go, yeah. How I view her capacity and capability in the kitchen colors the weight from three o'clock to six o'clock. And how you view your transition will determine how you react to it. God, I'm gonna give you a practical. Long as I've waited, you must be doing something wonderful for me. I'd almost fainted, but I waited to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And oh, isn't God rich. Oh, isn't God wonderful. Oh God, thank you for the steps. Just a couple more, I'll be done. You should celebrate your transition because God's already told you it's temporary. He didn't bring you into transition to transition you. It's a connector. You should celebrate and embrace transition because you know that for every obedient child of God, transition, listen, is connected to his best. Has God ever given you anything but his best? I want to I hear you. So this transition you're in is connected to his best. You need to celebrate and embrace it because transition leads to change and change leads to life. And you need to celebrate it because you're going to be blown away by what's on the other end of these steps. I read an illustration that I heard a long, long time ago, but I read it again this week and it kind of just touched my heart and I want to share it with you in closing. Years ago, a pastor of a small little country church was meeting with one of the older saints. And she was telling him, you know, I'm going to be going home to be with the Lord. And he's, oh, no, don't talk about that. He goes, quit it. I've lived a long life. It ain't going to be long. She was up in her 80s. She goes, and don't act like it's a bad thing. Great day. All you, everybody just, I mean, I know you cry for yourself, but this is better. See, this, this life is transition. The whole life in your life, there's little transitions leading to something else. This is a transition from glory to glory. She said, when I'm buried, and those of you that love me, you know what I told you to do when I'm buried. 
Y'all will see. If they do it for me, it'd be really special. She said, I want you to put a fork in my hand. He said, in the casket? I said, yes, in the casket. And he said, can I ask why? She goes, I'll tell you why. You're not close enough to me to understand it, but everybody that understands me will understand it. She said, when I have people over to my house, I always leave a fork wrapped up after I've served. It stays on the table the entire time. And inevitably, someone will say, what's the fork for? She said, because the best is yet to come. And I would bring out not one, not two, not three, not four, a table full of desserts. And she said, would you do me a favor? When they see me, would you put a fork in my hand so they'd know that I was expecting the best was yet to come. And my prayer for you this morning is that you would change the way you think about transition and the way you speak about it. And you would say to yourself, this passageway is leading me to the best season of my life. For the glory of the Lord. No heads bowed, no eyes closed. This is all I want us to do. If this message, I mean, it applies to all of us in general ways, but this was your word. I want you to just come stand at the front. I'm gonna pray over you and dismiss you. If that's you, I want you to come. People are already doing it. Just talk to the Lord right where you stand. Just talk to him. Tell him what you hear in your heart. Glory. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Your steps are ordered. 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 He knows what steps you need to get you to where he's taking you. Ordered. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be cast in the midst of the sea. There is a river that maketh glad the city of God. Church family, would you stand with us in the congregation?
And those in the altar, look this way and I want to pray, pray for you. Every transition for the Christian leads to God's best. It does. Whether we're absent in the body or present with the Lord, it leads to God's best. Although there's confusion, it leads to God's best. He has too much invested in you to fail you. You got to change the way you view transition. And when your perspective changes, all the windows of your house open and the breeze of God's presence blows through. And you say things like this, I know that all things work together for good because I love God and am called according to his purpose. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord's the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? God is my refuge. God's my strength. Very present help in trouble. So if it gets narrow and narrower and narrower and narrower, and then there's great pain and there's contraction, something's about to be born in you and for you. So Father, I just pray for my brothers and my sisters today. And I want to thank you publicly for loving me enough to make me walk the steps of transition. For not giving me the things I asked for too quick, but giving me time to prepare, to heal, to rest, and to make ready. Because you said you know the plans you have for us to bless us and prosper us and to bring us to an expected end and give us a hope. And I pray today, Lord, when they leave this room and they hear someone talk about transition or they're praying about it, they say, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Look at what the Lord has done. And I thank you, Father, for this hope that's ours in you. The grass withereth and the flower falleth away, but he that abideth in the Lord and obeyeth him abideth forever. Glory to God. Glory to the Lord. John, would you turn this mic on for me? Dan, will you come up for me? As many of you know, Dan and Lynn just relocated here. Would y'all give them a hand? We're so glad to have them home. Would you just pray a prayer of benediction over us? Take your time. We trust you, Father. Sometimes we don't know why. We don't know where. We don't know who. We don't know how. And we don't know when this whole transition thing is going to finally end. But we know you're in us. That you have said you will guide us in the best pathway for our lives. And you will advise us. And you will watch over us. And we are holding on to that. Each day, each step of the way. Because you see the big picture. You know what's going to happen. And you love us all. And you care for all of this. And it's going to be okay. Thank you, Father, for all of that. And for the gajillion other things that we have to thank you for. But most of all, for your son and for the life you have given us. 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen and an amen.